Welcome to the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. My guest today is Scott Movio, a former Mets pitching prospect and a minor league baseball player. But first, let's check out what's happening this week in the sports world. Our first news story, the NBA and the NHL are back. This week, the NBA season restarted in the bubble. And the NHL started March Madness on ice. After all this time, the wait for sports is finally over. Next in the news, the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC announced that they will only play conference football games because of COVID-19. Each hopes that this will keep the season alive. My fingers are definitely crossed, as I hope for the best. Strange news alert. Iceland is offering our stressed out wood, a unique way to blow off some steam. Scream therapy. The country's tourist board is inviting people worldwide to record their screams to be played over loudspeakers in one of seven remote locations. You've been through a lot this year, says the project website, and it, it looks like you need the perfect place to let your frustration out. Somewhere big, vast, and untouched. I guess this proves you scream ice cream. We all scream for Iceland. Our next segment is unscripted. Some shows have a mystery crate or a fancy producer that gave them content. Me, I have a lucky Patriots hat. I'm going to draw some news and opinions from the week and give you my unscripted reaction. These are not just hot takes. They are in fuego. Question number one. With COVID-19 threatening college sports, would you rather have few games this fall or a full schedule in the spring? I would choose a full schedule in the spring because it might be a safer place. We we might have figured out a vaccine for the coronavirus and we were more likely to have a full season in the spring. Our next question. Eight Patriots have opted to not play, and Tom Brady is a buck. If Bill Belichick reaches the playoffs this year, is this his best year ever as a coach? I think so, because if you have eight players who are not playing on your team, and some of them are really good players, and you make it to the playoffs... That is amazing, and even if they do win, if they do, slightest chance that they do, that would be a miracle. But even making the playoffs without eight players and without Brady is amazing. The third question. What has been your favorite new sports to watch in the pandemic? I would have to say Korean baseball. You see more home runs hit because the ball is much lighter it's amazing to watch a sport being played by in other countries. And the teams are funny, like the NC Dinos. And our fourth and final question. Cookies or brownies? I cannot decide. So I will have to go with a brookie, a brownie and a cookie combined. I love both. They're amazing treats. 
and I cannot decide either one, so I will have to combine them to make a bookie. And that does it for unscripted. Now it's time for Perfect 10, Sports Trivia with an Attitude. We have two contestants who will go head-to-head, -head, 10 questions, with a special tiebreaker in case of emergency. Each contestant will sh shout out their name as a way to buzz in. They are playing for pride, not prize. But if one of them manages the ultimate feat and get a perfect 10, all 10 answers right, they will win the prize of a lifetime. And let's meet our competitors. In this corner, we have our challenger, Herman. Hi. And, hi, Herman. And in this corner, our champion, future star quarterback for the Patriots, Jordan. How are you doing, Jordan? Good. Good. So, Jordan, Herman, are you ready to rumble? I am. Yep. Good. All right. Time for our first question. Which Major League Baseball team drafted Babe Ruth? Herman? Yes, Herman? I don't know. The New York Yankees. Now. I knew it wasn't. Jordan, are you going to take a guess? Red, Red Sox? Yes, that is correct. He was drafted by the Red Sox. All right. So Jordan is up one zip. Question number two. Current event. Who won the first game of the NBA restart season? Jordan. Jordan. Mavericks? Nope. Um, nope. Herman, do you have an answer? No, I don't. Okay. The answer was the Utah Jazz. They beat the Pelicans. So the score is now still one zip. Sorry, Jordan. This time you cannot get a prize of a lifetime. Question number three. Name all five basketball positions. Uh, Jordan. Jordan. Oh. Power, um, power forward, small forward, center, point guard, shooting guard. That is correct. Jordan is up two zip. Come on, you got to get on the board. I'm trying. Question number four. What national team does Lionel Messi play for? Herman. Herman. Argentina. That is correct. So the score is now 2-1. Good job, Herman, getting on the board. Question number five. What team won their first Super Bowl? Jordan. Jordan. Green Bay Packers? Yes, that is correct. 3-1, Jordan is winning. Question number six. What is the name of the new NHL franchise in Seattle? Herman. Herman. Uh, the Washington Kraken? I said in Seattle. Oh, the Seattle Kraken. Yes, you were correct on the Seattle Kraken. So now the score is Jordan's winning 3-2. Question number seven. What team won the 2019 World Series? Herman. Herman. Uh, the Washington Nationals. That is correct. You have caught up. The score is now tied 3-3 apiece. Question number eight. What female tennis player has won the most Grand Slam titles in the Herman. Open era? Herman. Jordan. Herman. Uh, Serena Williams. That is correct. He has made the comeback. Can he hold the lead? 4-3 Herman. Question number nine. Who is the only NBA player to score 100 points in Jordan. a game? Jordan. Jordan. Will Chamberlain. That is correct. It is tied.
Going to the 10th question, 4-4. Four, four. What team beat Brady and the Patriots in the Jordan. Super Bowl twice? Jordan. Jordan. Yes. The New York Giants. That got crazy. But the New York Giants. Jordan, you're still um, a champion. Herman, great try. Great yeah. try, Herman. Good game, Jordan. Jordan. I will see you next week on Perfect Ten. Our next segment is Stick By Your Picks. For those new to the show, Gabriel and I dissect the NFL schedule one week at a time. We pick our winners for five games each week. These are ironclad picks. That's right. We are very confident. We will not change our minds or our picks, no matter what happens between now and the game. Our lawyers have asked us to let you know that you should not put your house on our picks. This is for entertainment purposes only. Now, we are now up to week 10. Announcer, tell us the first game. The Indianapolis Colts travel to visit the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are favored by two and a half points. I will agree with Vegas. I think the Titans will win this one because Philip Rivers will have... Philip Rose will not be in the zone this game. I totally disagree with you. Philip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton will wreak havoc in Tennessee. Announcer, what is the next game? The Denver Broncos visit the Raiders. Vegas is favored by two and a half points. I think the Broncos and Raiders will tie this one as it, it is going to be a neck and neck race and no one's going to win this one. I agree with the neck-and-neck neck race, but I think the Raiders will win this one. They got Henry Ruggs III from the draft, and they have Josh Jacobs, and they will beat the Broncos. Announcer, what is the next game? The Saints host the 49ers and are favored by two points. I think the Saints are going to get redemption after last year's loss, and they are going to win with Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. I agree with you strongly. The Saints will win this one because nothing, nothing stops Drew Brees and Michael Thomas. Announcer, what is the next game? The Baltimore Ravens head up to visit the New England Patriots. The Ravens are favored by two and a half. I am sad to say this, but I think the Ravens will win this one. Eight Patriots have opted, have already opted out to play this season. And Cam Newton might not even be the starting quarterback for the Patriots. I actually agree with you on this one, as Lamar Jackson will wreak havoc in Foxborough. Announcer, what is the last game? The Chicago Bears host the Minnesota Vikings. Vegas can't make up its mind. It's a pick'em game. The Bears will win this one because it is Kirk Cousins playing on Monday night. Ha, ha, ha. Very funny. But I strongly disagree with you. I think the Vikings will still win this one, even without Stefan Diggs. And that does it, folks, for Stick By Your Picks. Now, Gable's going to tell you about this week's Heroes and Zeros. Thank you, Jonah. This is Heroes and Zeros, where we look at the best and the worst of the sports world. This week, we have no zeros, but for our heroes, we are celebrating the commissioners of the NHL 
NBA, MLS, and the WNBA for creating bubbles for sports to happen even during the pandemic. While some people doubted them, the commissioners never stopped trying to make the bubbles happen. So this is why we still have sports. Our other heroes of the week are the athletes, coaches, and referees who were willing to leave their families to live inside the bubble so we can have sports. They are truly our heroes. That's all for Heroes and Zeros. Now on to Jonah's amazing interview. Wait. My guest today is Scott Moville, a former Mets pitcher prospect. He also played minor league baseball for five seasons. How are you doing today, Scott? Doing well, Jonah. How are you doing, bud? Good. Very good. Awesome. So how did you get into baseball? Well, I am uh, blessed to have three older brothers, and I'm the youngest of four boys in my family. And we grew up, um, you know, playing backyard baseball. And uh, my brothers being older, they were the first ones to kind of set the path into sports. And the the Mobile main sports were football, basketball, and baseball. And at our size, I'm the youngest and 6'9", and my other brothers are 6'7", 6'8". We all thought we were going to be star NFL or NBA athletes. And out of nowhere, um, my oldest brother was really good at baseball. So we got a, you know, we grew to love baseball. And at a young age, I can remember taking my bike and playing at all these tournaments in the weekend. My brothers were playing and I was riding my bike around. So I've been around ball fields since I was in diapers and uh, I always dreamed of being on the field like my brother. So it was easy to look up to them and uh, they kind of paved the way in the baseball world for me. Yeah. So you mentioned like you played football and basketball. Did you play other sports in those three? Yeah. So I, yep. So uh, football, I played every fall up in Ohio and um, I played all the way through eighth grade my sixth grade through eighth grade year, I was everything on the football team. I, when mm. we needed a long pass, I was the quarterback. When we needed 10 yards, I was the running back. When we needed the punter, I punted the ball. <laughs> and uh, when I got to high school, my dad kind of said, you know what? I know you're good at football. I know you love it, but you have a golden arm, son, and mm. I don't want to see you get tackled out there. And he actually said the little guys are the ones that will get you. They go for your knees. So uh, he convinced me and uh, gave me a, a little bit of, a little bit of information and said that I should stick to basketball and baseball. So uh, those were my main two sports when uh, when I was in high school. Oh, so did you have a favorite player when you when you were young? Yes, my favorite player growing up uh, when it came to basketball. Um, was obviously Michael Jordan, you know, my air, my age, I got to, uh, really see Michael Jordan in his prime in the nineties. Um, when it came to baseball, I was a big CC Sabathia fan when he was with the Indians, um, of CC Sabathia. He was just a big guy and I just loved the way he dominated on the mountain. And he was, uh, he was definitely someone that I looked up to growing up in the baseball world. Nice. So how did you feel when you got drafted in the second round in 2007 to the New York Mets? It was the best feeling 
in the world besides getting married and having my my mm. my little baby girl. Before that, it was it was that was the best feeling. But it's definitely up there on my top three. And um, you know what, Jonah, my, I was able to see my brothers get drafted in baseball, and yeah. the, seeing the seeing the reactions on their face and how proud my parents were of them. It was very easy for me to set that goal. However, yeah. it was not hard. It was, it was very hard to obtain it. So all the hard work that I put in, um, the sacrifices that I made as a young teenager, a lot of kids worry about, you know, uh, teenager things. I was worried about how I could be the best baseball player. So when it paid off, it was, it was such a relief. And it was so nice to see my parents very, you know, just proud of their, um, of their son. And I'm sure you've experienced that before when you make mom and dad proud, it's a good yeah. feeling. So um, it was, it was awesome. Who was drafted the highest in your family? I will take that trophy all day long. I was drafted the highest amongst all my brothers. Uh, my brother, Paul actually had an interesting route to, uh, um, pro baseball he was actually a power hitting first baseman oh. and um he didn't he had he had division one scholarships for football and for basketball and he really liked baseball though so he went to a junior college and he got free agent signed so he really oh. wasn't in the draft but he yeah. played six years i believe in pro baseball wow my brother greg however should have the reins as the highest draft um, however, he turned down his, uh, offer and he went to Vanderbilt university and played baseball there. So I was the, uh, one draft out of high school and the highest draft of my <laughs> family. So I will take that trophy all day long in the mobile household. Good for you. So will other teams that were, oh, yeah. were there, uh, yeah, were there other teams that were interested in you? Yeah, so about my sophomore year of high school is when I started getting a lot of – actually, freshman year of high school, I started getting some questionnaires from major league teams, and I was like, whoa, I'm only a freshman, and I have, like, the Orioles sent – you know, they sent me a questionnaire. This is crazy. I would say by junior year of my high school, uh, high school year junior, I had all clubs clubs besides the blue jays in my house talking to me wow um, and they asked me a series of quests a psychology test they give you these tests to take to kind of see how smart you are and um, they do a lot of homework in the in the in the home because they're making a big investment and yeah. So I had every major league team, every ball club besides the Blue Jays. I don't know why. Maybe they just didn't want to travel from Canada, even though that wasn't that far, just across the lake. Yeah. But um, every team team showed interest. Now, uh, when it came to draft day, um, I was flown out to Yankee, Yankee spring training a week before the draft. And um, – they showed a lot of interest and were looking for me to be their 31st pick in the first round. So that was cool. I got to have a private um, showing with them. And then I went to Nationals Park, Washington Nationals flew me out like four days before the draft. And they had me pitch in, Na in National Stadium wow. with, some other, with some other prospects. And they said, you guys are 
going to be our first or second round picks and you're all fighting for it. So we all, the, the pitchers faced the batters and it was a dog fight and, you know, it was, it was very interesting. So I'd say on draft day, Yankees, Nationals, and of course I was a Cleveland boy. So the Cleveland Indians told mm-hmm. me if I was at the 121st pick that they were taking me and they'd give me the money I wanted. And to be honest, Jonah, yeah. the Mets never really showed a lot of interest in me. And I didn't even think that they would call at all. And, um, yeah, out of nowhere they called and they <laughs> drafted me. So it was, it was definitely a curveball, I'll tell you that. No point in intended. What is it like when you first got into the minor leagues? And was it hard to be on your own? Um, great question, Jonah. Um, I'll answer the first one. What was it like? So I, I was actually extremely excited to leave my home. A lot of kids, um, you know, might have a little fear. But yeah. leading up to that, I had traveled for baseball from California to Texas. And my parents, because there were so many of us, my older brothers, they didn't have the money to travel with me. So I went on a lot of these trips on my own, oh. um, obviously with coaches and chaperones. So I had already experienced traveling on my own, staying in a hotel on my own. So I matured. I was a very mature uh, senior coming out of, uh, of high school. And I got the best story for you. You ready for this? You play video games, Jonah? Yeah. So I was a big video game. I played, you know, MLB The Show and Madden and all these sports games. So on my way, I just got drafted. I had all my stuff. I'm flying to Port St. Lucie to go to their minor league and spring training uh, site. And I'm playing my PSP. And I had Pedro Martinez as my pitcher. I, I love Pedro, too. He was great. And in the game, he was like a cheat code. <laughs> so I was playing with Pedro on my PSP on the plane. And I get off in West Palm and this guy picks me up in a van and he drives me straight to the ballpark. And they say, here you go, Scott, here's your locker. And I look at the name tag next to mine and it said Martinez. And I said, wow, wouldn't that be crazy if that was Pedro Martinez? And sure and behold, in walks Pedro Martinez and he looks at me and goes, holy smokes, you're the tallest person I've ever been around. (laughs) And he stood on a stool and put his arm around me and said, hey, everyone, look how tall this guy is. It completely embarrassed me, but it was the coolest, most embarrassing moment of my life. So it was awesome. I, I took a picture with him and sent it to all my friends. And then my dad said, hey, you got to act professional. You know, you got to act like you, you belong there. So um, it was definitely, um, I wouldn't say I was 100% ready to take the plunge as an 18-year-old but it helped me mature quickly and I had to take that professional mindset and kind of take my big glossy eyes down a notch and say, Hey, I belong here and this is my new chapter in life and, and kind of humble myself. So So. you already told me a story, but do you have any other memories from your playing days? Yeah, I got a lot, Jono. Like, what do you, what do you look at? Do you want to hear some of the pro? All right. Okay, my favorite moment of my minor league career would have to be, let me think, because I want to give you a good one. My favorite moment in my career was rehabbing with Billy Wagner. So I hurt my knee, I think it was 2009, I had an injury, 
And when you rehab as a minor leaguer, whoever's rehabbing big league or not, you're all in the same group. Yeah. And Billy Wagner had just gotten Tommy John surgery while he's with the Mets. And he took me under his wing and he taught me, even though he's about half my sight and my height. Yeah. He taught me a mindset and a, and mechanics. And I don't know about you, but it's Billy Wagner was like, for me to watch on TV was cool to see him in person was even cooler. Hmm. So the memories that I have of uh, fishing with them and talking with them on a daily basis was just like, even that was to me making it in life when it came to baseball world, like to yeah. be able to experience, you know, picture your favorite football player, Jonah, and you get to see him every day and talk to him and he teaches you. And it's like a really, really cool experience. Wow. And uh, there's many, there's many other players that I got to meet and, and interact with. And, um, Sandy Koufax, I got to meet and sit with him. What? I had like an hour conversation with Sandy Koufax and all my aunts and uncles and everyone who loves baseball were just so jealous. And, uh, I actually gave my uncle, uh, Sandy Koufax signed a ball for me and I actually gave it to my uncle. That's how, um, much he told me that he'd really appreciate it. So I told him, uh, I told him he had to put me in his will that I get that baseball if he ever passes away one day, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's got to cherish with them. So yeah, just tons of people I got to meet, but Billy Wagner was one of my all time favorite moments of my pro career. Wow. So the year of your draft includes some notable players like David Price, Mike Mustaka, Madison Bumgarner and Jason Hayward. Did you know any of the other players from the draft that year? Maybe from your time in high school, travel baseball? Yes, I did. So Freddie Freeman and I played on Team USA. Wow. Uh, we were on a trial team together. Um, Freddie Freeman was on that team. And um, Jason Hayward, we didn't play in high school at all, but he hit the biggest home run that I've ever given up of anybody when we were in uh, low eight together in the Sally league, I was playing for the Savannah sand nets and he was playing for the Rome Braves and they had the hardest lineup you could possibly face as a minor league pitcher. It went Cody John. It went Freddie Freeman, Cody Johnson and Jason Hayward, just three ginormous bats. But Jason Hayward, I threw a ball and I heard the crack of the bat the whiz of the ball by my ear and the big loud bang of the scoreboard in center field in less than a second. It, that's how hard and far he hit that ball. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike Moustakis and I played in the Arizona fall league together. Him and I were golfing buddies when we were out in Arizona together. Um, I met a lot of guys who are in the big leagues now out in Arizona because Arizona fall league was kind of the cream of the crop. If you were out there, you were destined to, make it so yeah there's some probably some other guys but those are some names that really stick out to me do you stay in touch with any of those players still um not those ones but my Mets friends I do stay in touch with uh DeGrom and Mats and Juan Lagares Matt Harvey and I were buds for a while but he got too cool for school (laughs) he's on the you know when he was a big New York big timer um, but I'd say Steven Matz, he's a lefty starter for the Mets. He, he and I stay in touch. I was at his wedding a few years ago. Really? And um, he is, every time he comes to play the Marlins, I go down and, uh, 
and get tickets. And I take uh, Mrs. Mulviel. Last year, I took Mr. Heck and his wife because Mr. Heck what? is a huge, huge Mets fan, and yeah. he embarrassed me. I took him on the, I took him out for batting practice, and he was all googly eyed over David Wright. And I said, "You got to calm down. You're supposed to act professional over here." But he couldn't help himself. He was screaming, "David Wright! David Wright!" So, yeah, I stay, I stay in touch with uh, any of, you know, any of my friends. I always told, you know, my friends and we told each other, whoever makes it, it's a blessing. And you got to share that. Um, you got to share those experiences with your buddies who didn't make it because you're all in it together. So it can be hard on the body to play sports. How did injuries impact your career? So luckily for me, I never ran into any arm issues you know, other than your, your soreness and dead arm, um, no structural or, or tendon or bone damage in my arm, you know, thank goodness. Um, however, I did um, have a knee injury. I got oh. it in the off, off season, um, living with my brother. When he was at Vanderbilt, he went to school with David Price and Pedro Alvarez and what? Ryan Flaherty. So my brother said, hey, you're not going to live in Ohio. You're going to come live in Nashville and we're going to work out with Price and all the all the guys who were played pro ball from Vanderbilt go back to Vanderbilt and work out in the offseason because the, mm. the, the facilities there are amazing. So my brother and I were getting in an amazing shape. We were running stadiums and, at, at uh, Vanderbilt University's football stadium every day, and I was in the best shape of my life going into spring training. And I went underneath my desk in my room to unplug my computer. And I'm a tall guy. You know that, Joe. Yeah. I, I, I was in a catcher's squat. And I leaned in to unplug my computer and I felt something funny happen in my knee. And I went, wow, that was weird. I didn't think anything of it. And I went and worked out the next day and my knee blew up humongous. And I got, uh, I had torn my meniscus, which really wow. isn't, a, isn't a big deal. However, as you know, I'm a big guy. And they told me that um, my meniscus was so big and I tore so much of it that they had to repair it. So I was in a... I was in like a little um, sling type thing for my knee for about six to eight weeks. And then I had to rehab. And when I came back, I actually tore the stitches in my knee again. Mm. And that set me back. So it was, that was definitely a tough time. And it's tough because you're watching all your buddies go out and play baseball. Yeah. And it'd be like, it'd be like your dad telling you, Jonah, you're not allowed to play video games again, but everyone else around you can, and you got to watch them play. You'd yeah. be like, what? Yeah, would say, that's not fair. And it really, it, it tears you inside, but it's a big mental challenge. And uh, I overcame it. Uh, I still had some knee issues here and there, but um, that was my only major injury when it came to, uh, to the sport. And I did it trying to unplug my computer of all things. <laughs> so um, that was, that was my only injury. So how, how have you stayed involved in baseball after your playing career? Great question. So as a minor league baseball player, it's hard to come home in the month of August and try to find someone who's going to hire you to do some part-time or full-time work. Um, and you tell them, hey, I only want to work from September till January because then I go to spring training. It's hard to find those jobs. And the Mets don't like you doing things like landscaping and digging holes because they don't want you to get hurt. Um, yeah. So I started doing private baseball lessons um, my first off season. And uh, I started in Ohio. Then I helped my brother out in Tennessee. We did some lessons. And uh, we coached a little league team together in the fall, which was very fun. 
And that, that showed me that, hey, staying around baseball and giving lessons in the offseason, it keeps your mind on the game. It keeps your mechanics sharp because you're teaching kids mechanics on a daily basis, which is then, yeah. you know, it's, it's that repetition of your mind and your mechanics. So I started doing lessons and um, I coach at Baron Collier. Um, as you know, I coached at CSN for a while. Yes. Um, so just coaching high school baseball and giving back to kids who want to go play college baseball or pro, the best thing I can do, and I feel like I, it's my uh, it's my job or my duty as an ex-pro athlete to give back to the kids and give them the knowledge and the success that they need to make it on and, and get to their yeah. dreams. So that's how I stay involved, private lessons and coaching. Cool. So do you think that baseball will play a full season this year? Will they reach 60 games? So as you know, there's some talk already in the major leagues about this. And a lot of players, you know, whether they're, they're, whatever their political mindset is about it or their health reasons or just, you know, they want to keep their family safe. I think there's a lot of, of what ifs. And I think there's a lot of fear that can't be answered due to the coronavirus and yeah. the unknown. So my hope is that it stays and, and it can be controlled. However, I do know that with the virus, it's, it's that kind of, it's that hidden uh, mass virus that no one can really yeah. uh, keep away. And it finds a way of, 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 of attracting itself to players. So like the Marlins having, you know, four guys go down, that's not a good look. And, I, I don't think the season will fill out just based on what's going on already. Okay. Um, that's just my opinion, but we'll see what happens. I hope they do because if they go down, then you know what that means, Jonah. Then they're going to take football away. We yeah. can't have no football. No. You know? So I, I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic. However, I'm also, um, I also know the facts of, of coronavirus and how serious it is. So we'll see. Yeah. I have a few more questions to ask. Okay. So what sport would you play if you could pick any one besides baseball? Great question. I always, you know what, I watch Gronkowski, and I'm mm -hmm. like, you know what, he's tall. He had the tall brothers. I firmly believe that if when I got released from baseball, if I would have said, you know what, I'm going to go find a, a strength coach who who specializes in football training hmm. and I'm going to find a tight end coach or a wide receiver coach. And I just dedicate, I firmly believe that I at least could have got some sort of invite to a <laughs> camp or something because I consider myself like a cat as a big guy, you know, I'm good, quick yeah. with my hands, quick on my feet. And a lot of guys, my height are very gangly and can't move. And I never wanted to be like that. So at a young age, I, I've said I'm going to pride myself in not being the gangly dragging my knuckles around Frankenstein big guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I would be a football tight end, catch the ball and bulldoze you to the end zone or catch, <laughs> or catch an alley-oop end zone pass right over your head. <laughs> so thank you, Scott. I really appreciate you being my guest today. As part of every interview, I ask my guests to take a short rapid fire quiz. I will give you two options. You choose the you choose the one you, that you like best. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Marvel or DC? Marvel. 
Cats or dogs? Dogs. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Being inside or outside? Outside. Car or motorcycle? Car. Hmm. Chair or couch? Couch. Football or football? Football. Hmm. Pool or beach? Beach. Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Good job. <laughs> nice. I like that. And finally, my listeners really want to know, what is your highest score in bowling? My, oh, this is a great one. Before I tell you this, my dad has actually had, he has a nickname. He was a big bowling alley guy, believe it or not. At 6'4", they wow. called him King. They called him Kingpin Mo. And he has a 300 ring. He bowled a 300. So that being said, he was very serious when he took us bowling and showed us all tips and tricks. My highest bowling score is a 256. Whoa. Yeah, but if you take me to the bowling alley now, there's no way it's happening because I haven't bowled in years. (laughs) Well, congratulations (laughs) on that 256. And I, I had fun talking with you. I had fun talking to you. I got a question for you, Jonah. Yes. Who is your favorite athlete? Any sport, who's your favorite athlete? Mm, that's hard. And why? And why? Uh, I'd probably think Julian Edelman because nice. he was short at a young age like me. And then he exercised, he walked out, and now he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And also, he is like a – pass run quarterback so we keep like yep. quarterback and wide receiver i like that answer jonah keep that mindset you can do anything bud and you do a great yeah. job and i really liked uh, being on your podcast this is a lot of fun i appreciate it i had a great time talking with scott about his passion for baseball now world sports talk be without list bupkis so here's my list of the day now that we've all experienced some time isolated and Stranded at home, here are my top five games to play if you found yourself in quarantine again. Number five, food fight. Whoever shoots ketchup the farthest from a point in your house wins. Or, if your parents don't allow this, outside. Number four, stress eating. You will be given ten munchkins, and whoever finishes eating them first without their hands wins. Number three, hot wheel car racing, creating racetracks all around your house to race with your matchbox cars. Number two, gaming, have fun, playing video games all day. You can play with your friends online. And number one, keep your distance. The goal is to stay six feet away from everyone else. If you stand too far away, you lose points. If you get too close, you foul out. Last man standing wins. All right, thanks for joining me for this edition of Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Until then, see ya! You can find the Little Man Big Mouth podcast on your favorite podcast service.
Listen, subscribe, and review to let others know how much you love the show. You can also follow us on Instagram, Little Man Big Mouth Show. This has been a Hefeweizen podcast production.